The GP will see you now. Hey guys, and welcome to the Death to Vanilla podcast with your host, Stephen Burkhart of Burkhart Creative Agency. We believe in really three core values, courageously creating, boldly innovating, and experimenting. And so we are always exploring those things and what it looks like for you guys as CMOs, as marketing agencies, as business owners, what it looks like to really dive out into the unknown. And so we try to have guests on our podcast that have experience with marketing in ways that maybe is a little bit more bold than normal, or maybe it's just someone who's doing something unique and different, or just has a great amount of wisdom and experience. And so we've had a couple guests on here so far that have been really awesome. And so I am excited to have our guest on today. Her name is Caroline, and she is a, a primarily Facebook ad and Instagram ad person. She works for a automotive company, and so they do a ton of work. So I'm so excited to bring to you our guest today, Caroline. She works for a company that does marketing for a bunch of different uh, auto dealerships, and so she runs ad for them, she runs copy for them, and really loves her job and really has a chance to go deep in the auto industry. And wow, I was really surprised at the amount of personality that a lot of these brands have. It was really exciting because I feel like sometimes people get trapped in just doing traditional marketing or just marketing the way it's always been. But because of the fact that the audio industry is all about getting people's attention, they'll do anything to get it. The well, I mean, you'll find out in the podcast, one of them wears a freaking pickle costume. And if that doesn't get your attention, I don't know what will. So it's funny, we went through and talked about different ads over the years that have really caught our attention and have been a little wacky and different. And so she shares about a lot of her experiences with different dealerships and, and their quirky ways that they go about doing things. So we thought that was really awesome. Wanted to be able to share that with you guys. And so please hop on to listen. Uh, a little bit about us before we jump into the podcast. We're a video production agency out of Phoenix, Arizona. And so for those of you local, uh, we would definitely love to help you out, whether it's uh, taking up your conversions on your landing pages, if it's running ads on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or making content for TikTok or Triller. Uh, those are all places that we are at that we're experimenting and learning about what the the new way of doing things and just taking the old concepts of marketing, uh, which is you know grabbing people's attention and leading them down a path of making a purchase and seeing what that looks like doing that on these emerging platforms. And so we like to think that we are at the cutting edge of that and uh, really becoming a guide, taking you down the journey of uh, doing marketing in 2021. And so we're excited to have you on board with that. For those of you outside of Arizona, this will just be a great podcast offering you a lot of, of good, valuable information on how people do marketing all over the place, as many of our guests are out of state. And so be sure to listen in and welcome our guest, Caroline. Today, I have uh, Caroline on the, the podcast today, the Death to Manila podcast. And so uh, she is going to talk to us a little bit about some of the work that she's doing, her views on marketing. And um, she, like like she said, um, well, she didn't actually say it. I was just reading through her stuff um, <laughs> that, uh, you know, she's been she's newer to the game, but she's got a long history of marketing in her family. So I'd love for you to kind of kick it out with just a little introduction about yourself and just like a little bit of backstory 
to uh, how your family started out marketing and how that's shaped where you are now. Absolutely. So my mom owns her own greeting card line and she's had it since before I was born. So she draws her own original characters, writes funny copy. They're all humor cards. So growing up, she'd always be like, what's a good joke for Valentine's Day and stuff. So <laughs> I was unknowingly helping her write copy when I was like eight years old, but I, I had fun with it. I always had a little art in my blood because of that. And her father, Robert Moak, was an original madman. He worked on Madison Avenue and he was a freelance artist. That's he cool. was, yeah, he was one of the original artists for the Doublemint Twins concept, which is awesome to me, very inspiring. And then my father also worked in advertising coincidentally. So he also worked on Madison Avenue for quite a few years doing like account management and stuff. Um, and yeah, I mean, growing up hearing their stories always sounded so fun and it got me really into it. I kind of came into my own and found out I was good at art. And, you know, I ended up going to college and choosing to study advertising because of all that. Cool. Okay. Anyway. So you, so what was like your first job getting into marketing? So you graduate school. Mm -hmm. What happened next? Um, my first, I had like a part-time job while I was in college. Uh, I worked at American Heart Association and I did their <laughs> organic social, just made content for them part-time. And that was, you know, I wasn't, looking for social media specifically, I was just like, you know, this sounds fun. I'll give it a try and ended up loving it. And that's what got me into wanting to do more social jobs. So after a couple more internships when I graduated, I found a opportunity to be a social media director at this local home improvement company called Sweetwater Home Services. Uh, it was a great experience. Uh, they kind of just let me do everything by myself and be my own boss. And I got to have a lot of fun and creativity with making the content. So it was a really, really fun experience, but I, uh, I ended up getting a little bored because I wanted to work with clients and working in house is a little bit slow paced and I'm kind of a, I like to be busy. I like to, you know, have more stuff to do. So I <laughs> transitioned to dealer online marketing group, AKA dealer OMG, which is where I am now. And we are automotive advertisers and it's so much fun. Another great industry. Um, and I've been here for about a year now. That's exciting. So what, what is it about what you do that you love so much? Being able to be creative, making art, designing, writing, you know, I, growing up, I used to draw all the time and I used to like write my own little books and stuff. Like I've always just loved writing and art, all that stuff. So like a day to day, what does that look like for you there? Uh, a lot of times I'm making promotions, you know, car dealerships do a lot of crazy sales events. There's always something going on like right, right. now you know, new year deals, tax seasons coming up. And a lot of people try to do like, use your down payment on a new car. So I've been making a ton of creative for that. And a lot of it's video editing or, you know, just practicing writing some fun copy. Right. And aside from that, um, you know, just going through all my accounts, I managed 20 accounts through Facebook and Instagram. So Dang. I try to, it's a lot, but yeah. So that um, ought to keep you busy. It, it does. It does. But it's, you know, it's not always as crazy as it seems. You know, most of my clients, I don't talk to them every day. I'll talk to one or two like every other day and they'll ask me to do stuff. So balances out. I've got a good workflow. <laughs> That's interesting. So like you are super heavy on the like 
Because, like, when I look at content, I kind of look at it as, like, evergreen and then kind of, like, timely, right? And so Mm -hmm. it kind of seems like you are, like, super heavy on the timely stuff. Maybe not so much on the evergreen just because it's, like, event-based where it's, like, oh, now we're doing a sale for Labor Day. Now we're doing it for Easter. Now we're doing it for Christmas. Now we're doing it for New Year's. Like, it feels like you're probably always, like, thinking six months ahead. We are. It's fun though. I, I love being able to make all these promotions. It, it, this industry is special for that, like the power of the crazy promotions that they do. You know, one of our local dealers who is my favorite that I tell everyone about named Scott Elder is like local. He's a local celebrity. Like he does these really obnoxious commercials, like when he dresses in a pickle suit and oh my he, gosh. he names it the nickel pickle sale where he's like, I'm going to pickle. I got to get rid of all these cars. And he, um, yeah, he charges a nickel for a down payment or something like that, which is crazy sounding. Right. I'm not sure how that works, but you know, stuff like that. <laughs> it's just like ridiculousness and it's so fun. <laughs> yeah. So that is like a perfect segue. And just this idea, like for us, you know, we're all about promoting and kind of like pushing that bold marketing where not necessarily that it's like obnoxious or that it is like risky, but just that idea that it's, it's something that stands out. Right. And like for me, it would be very bold of me to wear a pickle outfit. Like I'm just not goofy. Like I mean, I'm, I guess I'm a little bit of goofy person, but not, not at that level. Right. So like, do you find like, is he like really odd man out when it comes to like doing things wild and crazy? Or like, do you feel like you have like a little bit of like push pull when it comes to doing something that like really stands out? Uh, it depends on who we're working with. Scott, he come, he works with other people and comes up with, those ideas himself and just sends us the creative for posting and stuff. But with other dealers, we get to collaborate a lot. Like one of my stores, uh, Fred has Toyota world in Houston. It's like the number one volume Toyota dealer in the nation, huge store. And they do all kinds of crazy promotions. Like my favorite one, when, when coronavirus hit, uh, the Houston rodeo got canceled, which is huge here. You know, it's, and of course everyone's disappointed. My, my client was like, what if we did something with this? I was like, okay, I'm listening. And he suggested inviting people to use their rodeo tickets as a down payment uh, because they're pretty expensive. I mean, they're like 500 or $1,000. Oh my gosh. It's yeah. I mean, they have, it's, it's super extra, but. <laughs> so I know. better get like a back massage with the rodeo suit, like <laughs> exactly. for 500 bucks. Yeah. But so we ended up doing this promotion called rodeo tickets for rides. And I wrote this headline that said like stable horse, ride a Toyota with this like funny <laughs> graphic. I was super proud. <laughs> it well was done. Uh, yeah, it was a really fun experience. So stuff like that. Um, I love that client. We get to brainstorm together a lot. What do you think is like, what, what's the reason that you feel like they're more willing to do crazy stuff like that? Like, is there something about their personality? Is it their view on marketing? Like what gets them to the point where they're willing to do that? a good question the automotive industry is just notoriously kind of cheesy i think like when you there's there's a lot of other dealers like like scott elder who just do silly commercials and they have weird mascots like this one uh dealership kyle chapman motors has a camel mascot which is really random and they do videos with that they're kind of funny um so i guess they just you know they're hungry to sell and they'll like literally do anything to get people in the door so i think that's probably what it stems from Every one of my clients is just like, I don't think I've ever heard them be satisfied with a month of sales. You know, they're always like pushing to be the best. So, you know. Right. It's, um, it takes me back 
back in the day when I was a kid to when they had uh, the, at least it was an Arizona thing. So you probably not, haven't heard of it, but they, that one of the dealerships said um, their like ending phrase was, and that's no bull. And they had like this like steer in the background and stuff like that. And it was like a thing. Um, and it was like super like stand out, super wild. And like, it's so like, I remember it to this day and I probably haven't seen a commercial from them in like, 15 years so it's one of those things where like once you land on something like really unique it really mm -hmm. sticks mm -hmm. um and stands I, out yeah i have heard of that actually that's funny oh really okay mm -hmm. yeah yeah they all a lot of them they all have this trademark thing you know donwood automotive they go who would donwood or like my store bill or ford utterly affordable cars like super cheesy but yeah it works it's funny Oh yeah, that makes it, yeah. The other one here is uh, I want to see you in a Kia. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Love that. <laughs> yep, it's yeah, it's it's it, you're right. It it is kind of goofy. Like now that I think about it, because mm -hmm. you kind of think of that as being like a serious. Well, one would think it'd be a serious industry because of the fact that people are making like really big decisions. Like you're like putting yourself in debt for like the next ten years for a car, which is fine. Like mm -hmm. like having a nice car is really nice. Um, but you know, but they just, it's also so silly, which is kind of funny that there's like, like that, uh, paradox there where it's like a kind of a serious decision, but like also they're saying, I want to see you in a Kia, which is kind of just silly, you know? <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. And I have, um, some other luxury brands too, where creativity kind of takes like a different turn there because, you know, I have, I have a Porsche store and Bentley, Rolls Royce, like buyers like that don't want to buy from clowns, you know, so we, we kind of, you know, no way. <laughs> try to get a little more serious and fancy when it comes to that stuff. Sure, of course. So for them, what does like marketing boldly and standing out look like for them? Because I'm sure they're, they're fighting for differentiating themselves as well. And obviously, like you said, they can't go down the goofy route. So what mm -hmm. route do they tend to gravitate towards? A lot of people who are in the market and wanting something like an Aston Martin or something, another store I do, uh, they're looking for something that'll make them like stand out in the street and look super cool, turn heads. It's either that or they're wanting a good investment, looking for something super nice. Most of the time, though, I try to go with this angle of like, um, you know, stand out in the street, uniqueness, like uh, boldness. Like I made this Aston Martin video with a, like a wolf fighting and running through the forest and it's like. Uh, a rare breed, a statement of independence on the road, like something like that, you know. That's kind of cool. Um, yeah, I, I like that video a lot. It's, it's fun, um, a little edgy, but that that type of stuff tends to work pretty well. Just making them feel special. You yeah. Know? So on like a, just because I'm curious. So because we, uh, one of the reasons I was super happy to connect with you is because car stuff is one of the things that we're. Uh, like car videos is something that we're hoping to like journey down and, and do at some point. So we, mm -hmm. we did a little bit of our own that we put together, but so the, the dealerships aren't using the, the actual like car brand videos. They're like actually making some of their own. Is some that do. what I'm hearing? Okay. Some do. It depends. Some people, you know, they hire us cause they don't have anybody else. Some people have us and an in-house social person who can be on the lot and make TikToks and stuff. Sure. which is beneficial. You know, I, I love being able to share content like that and stuff when we can, but typically, um, you know, what I'll do is just, I, I have access to all the manufacturer videos and stuff that I can rip and kind of make my own. I'll just splice it up and 
zoom it in. I'll video, like, we like to do like the full screen videos that like take up the whole phone whenever you're scrolling. So oh, like vertically? It more eye catching. Yeah, like vertical yeah. videos. So I'll crop it in and make it, you know, stuff like that. <clears throat> no, that's really cool. Uh, so you said you did like mostly like Facebook for them and it's what Facebook else? Facebook and Instagram. Just okay. we're only Facebook and Instagram. Yes. Very specific, but it's what we are good at. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So in your, what would you define, like if you had to put a definition of bold marketing, what would it be? I would say it just means to be original. Don't be afraid to take a risk. You know, some of the greatest creative and advertising is stemmed from just going for it and ignoring like all the scared sallies who try to dump things down because they're worried, you know, what people think. So I just say be original, take risks. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, no, totally. I absolutely feel that. I, I believe that's a great definition. Um, how, how do you work through something? Have, have you had a situation where you felt really strongly about something and you had to really talk someone over the ledge to actually do that? A couple times. It happens sometimes. But, uh, you know, a part of our job is being consultants. And we do have, like, a gift and a special way of talking to our dealers who are usually, like, we have a good relationship and trust so i can usually get them to hear me out yeah uh, if i want to try something new like i said a lot of them are um open to trying fun stuff already so that's beneficial for me <laughs> that certainly helps you know i I've, I've talked to a couple people who do uh agency work as well and they're always talking about how like sometimes they get to a company and they're in a little bit of a rut because they've only done traditional media or only a certain kind of promotion. And it's really hard to get them moving into something new because they're, you know, just out of familiarity, they don't know it well enough to jump into it or maybe just fear-based right. in the sense that like it's something new. And so it's for them untested, even if like the market itself has tested it. Um, and so I always yeah. think that's kind of interesting how people like process that. Yeah, it applies especially to dealers, you know, because a lot of them have been pouring most of their money into TV and radio for mm -hmm. most of the you know last few years. And now a lot of them are kind of moving their budget to social. I have a lot of dealers who are asking to spend more and taking away from TV and radio now because they started to see, um, you know, the new forefront, all of the new things we can do with it. Well, and you're able to provide like some serious metrics and ROI on like, how many people actually saw this, you know, like you can right. kind of guess with TV and I know they've got metrics for those kinds of things, but like you can literally say exactly who did what and be able to track them through the prog process, which I think is awesome for like retargeting and stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's great for us for building proof and trust and getting new clients. We have so much to show for it. Facebook has so many great features too. We can do like offline conversion reports where I have my dealers send me their sales list from last month and I can upload it to Facebook and it'll scan the customer information and match it to the profiles who engaged with my ads that month. And then we can get like an idea of how many purchases were influenced. And those are great for me for, you know, showing that what I'm doing is working. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm kind of curious. So, you know, you have all these different brands that you're working with. How do you they just kind of tell you how they want things done or do you have like a process that you go through to try to find like a unique voice for them right because obviously like i, I the name escapes me that, but the the guy that you said wears the pickle outfit like, oh scott elder he, yes. he, he clearly yeah scott so he's clearly got like a unique voice to what he's doing um mm -hmm. how do you find that with people do you feel like they know it already or mm -hmm. do you have to kind of dig to get it out of them it, it depends on the store but most of my dealers have their own 
personalities and brands already established. Mm. And when we do our onboarding call, I'll uh, talk with them and take notes about, you know, their, um, their tagline and what makes them unique and stuff. There's a couple dealers who are like, oh, I don't really know. I mean, so I'll, I'll come up with something if I have to. Um, yeah, a lot of them are already pretty well established, though. Well, for the ones that aren't, like, how do you think through that? How do you, how do you discover their uniqueness? Uh, a lot of different things. I do a lot of market research. You know, looking at other brands for inspiration helps a lot. Um, Facebook ad library is a resource. You can literally log in and see it anyone's ads that are running everywhere they made it public so sometimes i'll do that and see like what other different toyota stores are doing or what you know whatever they are um and that can help me get a little idea i just had like a couple a couple more questions for you but i mm -hmm. is there like something that um i don't know about your industry that you think is like really important for other people to know hmm I know it's very open-ended. Yeah, um, important to know. I mean, I'm not sure. I've, you know, automotive is, uh, a lot of people tend to have distrust with dealerships sometimes. Like, it can be, depending on your store, sometimes it can be difficult advertising on Facebook because people will, like, leave annoying comments and, you know, it's kind of hard to sift through that. Right. Um, trolling and stuff yeah yeah hmm. um so is that something that you have to do you actually have to like manage your like community presence online i don't have to do that at this job we only Oof. do their paid social but i did have to do that at my um my first job as a social media director which was really hard um you know it was a home improvement company and when your house i don't know when you're not happy with the way your house turns out, people can be pretty rude and, you know, yeah. it was, you know, a lot to do, especially on Yelp. Yelp, Yelp reviewers, for some reason, just seem to be like the worst people ever, in my opinion. I don't know why that particular platform is just crazy, but glad I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound like a good time. Mm -mm. <clears throat> people are a bit more uh, vocal than they probably should be. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, have you been playing around on like, like, cause you know, you and I met on Twitter, so obviously you're not just on the platforms that you do work for. So what kind of other like platforms have you been, you've been checking out that kind of pique your interest? Maybe they're emerging or maybe they're just new to you. Like Twitter was in a way new to me and, and I really discovered it and really enjoyed it. Um, but have you been like experimenting with new things? I know clubhouse is something that kind of has been talked about a little bit. So yeah, I well, I'm addicted to TikTok. That's not really new, but that was my my <laughs> quarantine habit that I picked up. I downloaded TikTok, and it's like my favorite app now. Um, I did get into Clubhouse as well. I haven't dabbled in it much yet. It's kind of hard being audio only when I'm like out doing stuff. It's mm. not like easy to use, but it looks like it has you know a lot of interesting stuff in it. I think there's a lot of potential there. It seems to be pretty popular right now. I do wonder though how it works because it's invite only and what happens after everyone's been invited, you know, I don't know. Well, that's how, how Facebook was. Facebook was invite only. At the oh, was it really? I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I think at first you had to have an EDU email because it was only mm -hmm. for colleges. Mm -hmm. Oh and yeah. Then I th I and I think, I think if I remember right, second was invite. 
And then, so I remember like seeing people on Facebook and being super jealous. And then mm-hmm. eventually it just was like, either I got invited and I don't remember because that was like 12 years ago or, uh, it just opened up and now it's just like, as, as it is now just totally open. So, um, I, I'd venture to say that it's probably something that isn't going to be invite only forever, mm-hmm. but I, I guess they could if they wanted to. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe it, it'll be interesting to see how it, how it continues to progress as it's blowing up. You know, I see more people tweeting every day, like just got into clubhouse. So right. we'll see. That's the other app I have my eye on right now. <clears throat> so do you, have you like seen, uh, I'm, I'm sure you kind of keep your eye on the automotive end a little bit, but have you seen any brands that are really like nailing their technique on TikTok or in or any of the other platforms that you've been on that like has been really impressive that people could pull from for inspiration? That's a good question. I can't, you know, to be honest, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Um, I, I have seen some really cool car TikToks, honestly, for our industry. Some of my dealers have gotten really creative with like, you know, doing some fancy lineups of their trucks or like, you know, mm. getting all the salespeople to like drive them around and flash the lights and play some like rap music with it. It's, it's really fun. I mean, I see so much potential with our dealerships being able to use TikTok and you know, get fun like that, but it is hard because we can't really do it for them because it's, you know, you have to be there recording it. Right. To make it look kind of natural or else, you know, it would just look like an ad, which wouldn't want that. <laughs> but yeah. True. Huh. Now, if you could, I would love if you would send me the usernames for a couple of those because then we can add that into the. Uh, like description on YouTube so people can check them out because I, I'm I'm definitely curious. I'd love to see them, and then that'd be awesome to be able to share with other people on uh, what people are doing that is a little bit different, and unique, and, and fun. So totally, I can send some stuff over afterwards. That'd be Great. awesome. Thank you. Yeah, the uh-huh. one the, there is like one that I super enjoy, and uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's the guy that walks up to people who drive supercars and yes. then asks them what they do for a living. He's like people like in that like those circles like are starting to get to know him a little bit it's kind of wild like he runs into people every once in a while he's like hey you're that guy that does the videos and he's like yeah i love that guy and it's interesting for me too because i do i work on a lot of luxury cars a lot of those brands that he do like he asked people about i watch him because it's kind of like market research for me like hearing what they do for a living is good information you know because i can use that for targeting and whatnot so i love that account (laughs) that's actually super smart to be able to do that for the targeting um although i'm like i'm consistently like shocked in like the variety of people like real estate comes up a lot um finance comes up a lot um but yeah it's just such a variety of people it's just wild the occasional housewife who does nothing like oh i'm married (laughs) into it (laughs) that one lady who drives like a maserati levante she's like work what i don't work (laughs) That's the dream. <laughs> right? I guess she picked right uh, or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was one today I watched where the guy's like, oh, I got a w- rich wife. <laughs> like, oh. Love that. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> sweet. Um, okay, cool. Well, um, I want to respect the time that we talked about before about keeping it in a half an hour. So mm-hmm. I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show and sharing a little bit about what you do and um, the process you go through creatively for that. Um, is there, uh, could you share with us some of the ways that we can, people can get a hold of you if they want to, um, online? 
Yeah, uh, I'm pretty active on mostly just Twitter. It's Caroline Murs on Twitter, M-U-R-S, my, half of my last name. But I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter. I'll follow you back. Marketing Twitter community growing every day. How I met you, of course. Right. So, yeah, follow me on Twitter. Sweet. Well, thank you so much for jumping on. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, get this up for people to enjoy as soon as possible. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right. I'll talk to you later. <laughs>